Well, what an honor to be here. Please be seated, please. Uh, we've been here since Friday, and we were at houses. Anybody was with us at houses this weekend? Yeah, we had a great time. And um, so anyway, it's just an honor to be here. I love One Voice. I love Brian and Marcella. This team, what you guys are doing is fantastic. This is my wife, Mary Beth. She's... It's, it's rare that she gets to take ministry trips with me. Some, some, now it seems like more often, but I wanted her to come and say a few things just to greet, greet you guys. Hey, I just haven't known much about you guys until recently, and um, I'm just really blessed that you guys love young people, um, partly because I love young people. Um, we've been youth pastors for a long time, and more recently I have just started again to work with um, the young people at our church because God loves them so much and and there's so much that is going to happen through them. And so I just love that you guys are giving it up for them and um, pursuing them and have vision to see what God is going to do through them in your area that you love. And I have just seen how much Crystal, y'all know Crystal? Um, I have seen how much she loves her city, and um, I know you guys are here, and you love your city, and you love what God is going to do in your city, and you, you believe it, and I, I am believing for that with you. So it's really good to be here. Thank you for letting us come. Hey, cool. Well, uh, like I said, we're just, we're just in love with One Voice. So my wife said we were youth pastors, and and we were for about um, 13 years. We were youth pastors at a large church in Atlanta, Georgia. And I kind of, you know, before I had ever heard of uh, One Voice, or I, I mean, you weren't even around. It was like 2001 when we were youth pastors. And we, the Lord gave us a vision for high schools. And we did uh, massive assemblies in high schools and uh, that drew, literally drew several thousand young people and had hundreds get born again in the local high schools in our, in our area. So whenever I first heard about Brian and what was going on with Jesus Clubs, I was blown away. I was like, this is the next level. This is like the next step of the things that God had put in our hearts when we were youth pastors. And so it was such a, an, an automatic kindred heart and kindred spirit. And so, man, I just honor you. I just honor what you guys are doing here. It's just so, so good. And uh, whenever I first saw their offices, how many were back in the offices over in Northridge? It, it, was like a, it was like a college dorm room, like with a loft built on the top of it. And look, man, you guys are moving on up, man. You guys are like... Pasadena and like this is like expansive this is amazing so the Lord's blessing is upon you amen okay I want to I want to speak this morning uh, I want to preach a message called regaining regaining wonder regaining wonder um, I've had some things in my heart just about the wonder the wonderful nature of our God and I, I hope to be able to impart that to you this morning um, let's pray just for a moment and the Lord has been so kind to me this year. He's, this has been maybe one of my favorite years of ministry, like maybe my favorite. And his, his presence has been so rich. And, and I've just gotten to the place where I don't even want to speak unless I just fully honor Jesus and just come before the beauty of who he is. So I know we just worshiped for 
a, a great time. It was awesome. And, uh, but let's just, again, can we just set our hearts before him? I mean, because honestly, it doesn't even matter what I say. <laughs> but if his presence comes, then everything changes. And so, Lord, here we are. We're, um, we're so in awe of you. And Jesus, I just, I want to tell you once again, I love you. I'm in love with you, Lord. All of my life for you. And Jesus, you're the center. You are our destination. You're our reason. Jesus, you're our reason. And you are all glory. <sighs> You're all marvel. You are all beauty. I just want to ask you to set your eyes on him right now. All eyes on Jesus. Just on Jesus. We're not in this room right now. We're before the throne. By the blood of Jesus. Just set your eyes on him. His eyes are like a flame of fire. His face is like the sun shining in its strength. His head and his hair are white as wool, white as snow. He is a garment down to the feet, and he's clothed around his waist with a band, and his feet are they're shining and burning like bronze in a furnace. His voice is like the sound of many waters. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the first and the last. You're the beginning and the end. You're the fulfillment of every dream of my heart. You're what we're made for. You walk among the lampstands. You're the definition of beauty. And Lord, we love you. We worship you. Glorify you. Nothing else matters but you. In you, every dream is fulfilled. And so, Lord, I'm asking, even this morning, would you, would you grip our hearts? Would you seize our attention? Holy Spirit, Bring this room fully under your authority. That every alternate opinion than the opinion of the Lord would bow and melt before the wonder and the glory of who you are. And would you strike our hearts again? Would you shock us again? Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I... I'm asking you, hold my hand. Let me speak as your oracle this morning. We love you. We worship you, Jesus. Good, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. amen. So wonder, did you bring that? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, that's good looking stuff. Can you guys see this? It's like a glass of blue, crystal-y things. Awesome. Um, I, want, I felt that I wanted to share a couple encounters, one that the Lord gave me in um, 2006, 
And then another one that a prophetic friend of mine, uh, a guy named Terry Bennett, who I haven't talked to in a few years, but this guy's a pretty crazy prophet, this encounter that he had. But as I was praying for you, I felt like I was supposed to share these two encounters and, and then begin to just minister out of them. Um, so 2006, uh, I had this dream. And in this dream, I was holding hands with, with my wife and there was this wedding canopy behind us, like this white kind of truss, this trellis kind of thing. And we were holding hands and we were, we were married, we were together. It wasn't our wedding, it was we were getting married, getting married to Jesus. And so here we are holding hands and Jesus is gonna come through this wedding canopy. And man, I mean, I had butterflies like my, like in my stomach in this dream. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're about to marry Jesus. We're about to marry Jesus. And, and I see this light, like this glorious light come and, and it just begins to pour through and it comes like a wave right through the canopy and it hits us. And instantly when it, when the light comes through and it hits us, the whole scene changes and I'm in a completely different world. Now, let me just explain this. I am instantly transported into like this craziest, wondrous, Narnia times a hundred kind of place. And I'm looking around and there are, there are colors and there are like vegetations and there are like animals. And in this encounter, as I'm looking at all this stuff, I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, I don't have anything to reference what I'm seeing right now. I have nothing to compare this to. I'm seeing colors floating through the air and I'm thinking I need to try to remember that color because I know there's not a color like that back on earth. And I'm having this thought in my mind, I'm not on earth anymore. <laughs> and I'm walking around this place and it's, it's, Everything is shocking. Everything is mind-blowing. Everything is pleasure. Everything was full-blown wonder. It was shock and awe and excitement and exhilaration. And I was, just, I was just blown away, constantly blown away at every turn. And then I, I meet this, this, this older man. It's really odd. And he was this little old man. And he was the storyteller. And he was the one that was creating everything. I believe he was a picture of the father. It's this gentle old man. And he tells me this. He says, he basically says, you, you think this place is wonderful. And I go, this is like nothing I've ever seen. I've never even touched anything like this. I can't, I can't conceive of this place. He goes, yeah, there are, here's what he says. There are seven doors in this world that each lead to seven other worlds. And in each one of those worlds, there's seven more doors that lead to seven more worlds more wonderful than this. And I'm going like seven doors to seven worlds to seven more doors. To seven. Like what? Because everything I'm seeing is blowing my mind and I'm fully in shock. And he says, yeah, you're only scratching the surface. That's the point. On the wonder, you're only scratching the surface on on the depth of, of glory that's available. And I knew that I was in the spirit. I knew that I was 
seeing something that I, I had no concept for. It was some, some kind of heavenly places. You know, he says, seated in heavenly places. There's places in, in the spirit. And I'm in that place. And as soon as I finish talking to that man, I drop. I'm falling so fast. And, I, and, I, and I'm, you know, you've had the dream where you fall. This was that times like 100. I was like, ah! You know, it was like so intense. And I fall. And I mean, it, it had the sense of impact. So when I'm back in my body, it's like, whoa, like on my bed, like a jerk. And it's the middle of the night. And my wife is there next to me. And, and I'm sitting like, whoa, that was intense. What, where was that? What was that? And my wife, in a dead sleep, she never talks in her sleep. Never. We've been married 27 years. She never, hallelujah. She never talks in her sleep. In a dead sleep, boldly, she goes, brave. I was like, <laughs> She goes, you want me to be brave? I was like, Ah, like, I'm not feeling brave right now. Like, what is happening? And I reach over and I, I go, I'm like, I'm like scared to touch her. I go, babe? She goes, yeah, what, what? She's completely out. And the Lord speaks to me. He goes, how often have you thought your wife to be dim? And I tried to use her mouth as my mouthpiece, yet you wouldn't listen. I was like, on the bed, like, and it was the, the voice of the Lord just thundering in my spirit. Yeah, so intense. And then here's what happens. The Lord begins to give me names and faces. Bang, 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 bang. They just start, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just coming out of this. Where was I place? And it's names and faces, names and faces. And every single one of them, every one of them, he's saying, did you love them? Did you love them? And I'm just get, I mean, I'm just getting filleted, just laying there in my bed like, did I love that one? Did I love that one? Did I love that? And I'm just weeping because I realize the grandeur and the glory of God is far greater than I've ever dreamt. And my image of who he is is far smaller than he really is. And his key issue with me is did you love did you love? See, there's so many things in this life that take our attention, so many issues that we think are like the critical, most important thing. And I'm going to tell you, 99.9999999% of them are not the most important thing. The most important thing is being loved and loving. That's it. That's it. Falling completely in love. And then loving others with the love that he's pouring into you. Coming to complete peace in love. Safety and rest in love. Confidence in love. No human opinion will matter to you when you're confident in love. But really, like there's not a human accolade that matters. There's not a platform that matters. I've been on big platforms. Brian knows this. He's been on big platforms. You know what I know about every platform? You end up walking off of it. That's not where you live. Where I live is with my family, my, you know, my, my four kids and my wife, and that's the number one theater that I live my life in. 
is around those people. And if I'm not a legit man of God loving relentlessly in that environment, I'm nothing because that's where the majority of my life is played out. Every platform that I've ever been on, I walk off of that. Those aren't, that's not reality. I tell you what is reality. God is reality. His love is reality. His grandeur is reality. His glory is reality. But here's what I think. I think we get so dialed into all this minutia, all these little frivolous activities. We get, we get dialed into all these small, lesser things that humans are so interested in that God is not interested in. We get so, so attentive to all of this stuff and we miss wonder. I wanna tell you something. You know this. Like, I'm not gonna tell you anything new probably today. You already know this about yourself. You're made for wonder. You're made for your heart to just explode. You're made for your mind to get blown. Why do we love stuff that blows us away? Why do we love stuff that's like just radically beautiful? Why do we love the stars and, and the sunsets? Why do we love the mountains and the oceans? Why do we love all this stuff that's just mind boggling? Why? Because you're woven together by your creator for wonder. You're made for the God who is transcendent. You're made for transcendence. Now I want to tell you what that word is. Transcendence sounds cool, but what does it mean? Transcendence. This is what you're made for. Transcendence. Try saying it. Say transcendence. I want you to get this. Transcendence. You're made for transcendence. Here's what it is. Transcendence it literally means of completely another order. And here's our problem. We diminish God and make him of this order. We make him just like us. We make him like Greek gods, like sort of part human, part God. And God is not even close to that. He's nothing of the kind. Transcendence means he's of his own order. There's nothing to compare to him. There's nothing like him. He is completely set aside by himself. When you have the four living creatures and they're, they're, they're flying around the throne and they're continually crying out, holy, holy, holy. Yes, they're saying he's pure. Yes, they're saying he's, he's righteous. But they're saying something completely else. When they're saying holy, 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 they're saying you're completely different than anything else in all of existence. You are transcendent. Holy, holy, holy means there's nothing like you. There's nothing like you. And he's so other than that they have been doing that the entirety of their existence and they're not tired. They're not, they're not worn out with it. Think about how bored we are. Seriously. We wear a worship song out in three months. Like, you're a good, good father. I get it. Can we get another song, please? <laughs> and the truth is, we, have, we are not even scratching the surface on how good he is. And it's because we have such a dim view of God. This is my point. We have such a dim view of God. You're made for transcendence. So here's, just think about this. Everything under creation, everything that's ever been made, everything from this, the single-celled organism all the way to the archangel, okay? 
Just imagine everything, and it all exists on a certain spectrum, right? Single-celled like amoeba, like floating in the goop in the you know, mud or whatever, all the way to the archangel, Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. All of those things exist on a sort of on a spectrum, right? And we go single cell to multiple cells. And, and then maybe you get like some sort of, you know, funky bacteria. And then you get some kind of like, like a worm. <laughs> like the worm's better than the couple amoeba thing. Right? We go worm to, I don't know, snake. To, I don't know, bird. To, I don't know, dog. And then dolphin. Because like, aren't they smarter than dogs? Dolphin. Right? So the spectrum, you're following me, right? And then whatever the smartest animal is, and then, then, we, then we hop to human. And in the human spectrum, we go like infant all the way up to Einstein. Right? And then from Einstein or whoever the most developed, actualized, smartest, spiritual one is, we hop over into the spirit and we go angels. And then we have you know, all sorts of angels and there's hierarchy of angels, right? There's, there's, you know, regular angels. Then there's like these archangels. There's these living creatures. There's the Daniel four watcher angels. Who knows what that is? We have all these things. And, and the spirit, uh, the, the scripture talks about it, like principalities, powers, might, and dominion. And it, and it uses them in, in Ephesians six, talking about demonic entities, but those um, seats of authority were actually created by God for God. Colossians one explains that you can look at it later. But so you have all this hierarchy in the heavenly realms. You have, you know, lower ranking angels, higher ranking angels, right? Till we get up to the highest ranking angel. Till we get up to like the Revelation 10 angel where like this thing is lit up with the glory of God. Till we get up to where we see like, you know, the angel that's in the sun. It's so bright. I mean, these massive angels, these huge angels, the Revelation 5 angel, this enormous angel with a loud voice. His voice is loud in the throne room where there's thunders and lightnings and voices going on. This is a massive angel. So you go from single cell all the way up to the grandest angel, right? And then in our minds, then we go, and then there's God. But here's, here's the thing. To say, and then there's God is completely false. Because that wouldn't be transcendent. That would make him as one of an order that's all within the same environment. See, everything I just named besides God all stands under one heading. You know what that heading is? Created. Made. Designed. And actualized. God made all of it. So then when you get to the highest angel, what happens when you're trying to think of the spectrum of everything that exists? Because we know God exists. So what happens in that spectrum? Once you get to the highest angel, we know that God's over there. We know he's bigger than the highest angel. But then what's going on between the highest angel and God? What's, what's in there? There's a massive gap. It's an infinite gap. What I'm telling you is this. God is so high and everything that he made is so low that there's about one millimeter of distance between the single-celled organism and the highest archangel, then there's an infinite gap, and then there's God. Did you catch me? There's a millimeter between the single-celled organism and the highest archangel, then an infinite gap, and that's our Father. Infinite means it never stops. 
And here's my point. You're made by that infinite one, that one that's highly exalted, the most high God, the one that's the ancient of days, the first and the last. You're made by him for him. You're made for transcendence. Your soul tells you that. You know you're made for wonder. You're made for just to get your mind blown. You're made for glory. You know this. And here's what we do. We live ruining our appetites on finiteness when transcendence is being offered to us. Because we run around so distracted, so given to lesser things, to petty issues. And the uncreated is beckoning us into encounter. And I want to restore wonder in your heart today. Because I'm telling you, when we've made God so small in our eyes, what happens is we diminish his beauty, his glory, his ability. Everything gets so low and everything becomes natural. And then all of a sudden, everything that we do with God, it's all based on whether or not we're able to pull it off. And let me just tell you something. God always invites us into running with him. And in running with him, everything that we get to run with him in is stuff you could never do. <laughs> because he's transcendent. And we're not. He's uncreated. And we're not. Ecclesiastes 3, it says this. He's made everything beautiful in its time. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He's made everything beautiful in its time. And he has put eternity in the hearts of men. You know you're made for more. You know you're not just made to just sort of get up, do your job, get tired, go out to eat, go to bed, get up, do your job, get tired, go out to eat, go to bed. You know you're made for more than this. You're made to interface with the infinite. You're made for shock and awe. And this is, what's the, this is what's just wild to me. God becomes a man. That infinite one pours himself into a human frame. He wraps himself with flesh. What is this all about? It's so he can be in relationship with us. So he can reconnect the disconnection. And man, I'm staring at the, this, I mean, this infinite amount of wonder and glory and beauty and majesty available to me and my own soul, it convicts me because I say, how little of the grandeur of who you are am I actually even accessing? And I want to say this. I believe one voice. You're called to wonder. You're called to grandeur and beauty and glory. You're called to shock and awe. I'll tell you what the earth doesn't need right now. Another repackaged, rebranded version of the gospel that's very American and looks exactly like the things we've been getting for the last 10 generations. What it actually needs is a people who are so starstruck, so blown away by Jesus that when they walk into a place like a high school, their faces are shining with glory. 
And it's not about how slick you can be and how cool you can be. It's that there's glory coming off of you that's hitting that kid in the back row who's completely possessed with demons, but he has no idea why he's shaking because there's wonder coming off of you because you've been with the one who's transcendent. Am I making any sense? There's something greater. And I'm telling you, we've barely scratched the surface on it. It's God. It's God. We've barely scratched the surface on who he is. I love it. Misty, she says she wants to get lost on the shoreless ocean of the knowledge of him. The shoreless ocean. There's an inexhaustible supply of glory, an inexhaustible supply of wonder, of beauty, of pleasure. Think about that. God is the only one that you can't exhaust. You can't get to the end. He's infinite. Have you ever thought about this? He's infinite. Have you ever just let that work your mind a bit? Infinite. Like picture infinite. You can't. But your soul goes, I want it. I want it. I want fire. I want glory. I want infinite, right? But you can't even picture it. You can't even get your mind around it. The reason why that code is on the inside of you is because God made you like this. I love to think about diving into the knowledge of him. See, we have access. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the open door. We have the throne room. We have the ability to engage with transcendent God. And here's the thing. We kind of think that maybe there's some day, some, some really good encounter, some really good quiet time, some crazy dream, and we'll actually get to really get him. We'll get him. I want to tell you something. You can have... <laughs> A million years of face-to-face encounters with God. I mean, showing up in the throne room, glory pouring through you, your face peeling back because fire and beauty and wonder and glory is just blowing your mind. I mean, drinking in all the depths of him. You could do this for a million years. Now watch this. You would be a million years deeper in the knowledge of God and not one inch closer to exhausting him. Do you have any idea who we're dealing with? We just don't. Have you thought about the throne room? Think about what's in the throne room, right? Here's God. He's like a jasper and a sardius stone. He's got red and beautiful diamond-like green light coming off of him. There's, there's these four living creatures, right? They've got, they've got wings and eyes. They're covered with eyes, it says, all over them. Four wings, eyes all over. It says, all over and within. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like, what does that mean? Just consider it. I, 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 like, I, like, I, like, there's eyes everywhere. They're covered in eyes. They're flying around. You know, man face, eagle face, lion face, ox face. Like, what? Yeah, man face, eagle face, lion face, ox face. Covered in eyes. They can only say holy. Holy! Those guys are saying, you're holy. I've never seen anything like you. I'm like, bro, what about you? Like eagle head guy, like you're bizarre. 
Now, now here's the other thing though. Those guys were created before God created the earth. So when you see an eagle, the eagle looks like the living creature, not the living creature looks like an eagle, just for reference sake. But here's the other point. Sea of glass like crystal. Seven lamps of fire. Thunders and lightnings and voices. What's coming out of God is exploding. The atmosphere is exploding. I mean, it's just overwhelming. It's just full of pleasure and magnetism. You're drawn in. You're like, what is this place? Living creatures, 24 elders, throned, robed. I mean, crowned. I mean, this place is just wondrous, wild. And you sit there and you look at that and you read it. If you just go slow, you go, man, living creature, ox face, human, eagle. That's weird. But I would say, no, that's the center of reality. And if that's weird to us, it's because we are out of touch with what's real. Because God is the most central reality there is. I don't care who you are. The further you get from the throne room, the further outside of reality you're living. The closer you live to the throne room, the closer to reality that you're living. I don't care if you're the prince of Saudi Arabia with cars and gold and oil more than any human could ever want. If you are not interfacing with the transcendent God who is the center of all the created order, you are completely outside of reality. You're living in a delusion. And this is... This is our invitation to shock and awe. The veil has been torn. God is no longer dwelling on the earth just in the Holy of Holies. He's dwelling inside of humans. Have you ever just dealt with that? Like sometimes I'm like, ah, like you're in there. Like what is going on in here? How am I able to... How am I not exploding right now? How am I, what, like, how, how did you make me to hold you and your infinite and you put yourself inside of me? Like, what is this? But we, 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 here's what we do. We ruin our appetites with the finite. So we no longer have an appetite for the transcendent. And I want to call you out of that. Because all the cool things that are so earthly and so natural and so normal that have got us so distracted, they're actually in the way of having a heart that's full of wonder. And you know what I realize? When my heart loses wonder, I get real arrogant. Because the more that I see the truth of who he is and the greatness of him, the smaller I become. But the less that I see him, and maybe I think of him as like one foot taller than me, then the greater I become. And the less value I have for his being, his presence, his influence, his will, and the wonder of him. We have got to come back to just weeping in shock. Man, where'd you come from? What were you doing before you got saved? What were you like? How much of a train wreck were you? I was a complete train wreck. I was a messed up drug addict kid with nowhere to go who hated God. I stood in the church that was being built down the street from my house, smoking a joint, lifting my hand to God saying, if you're real, kill me. 
This is who I was. If you're real, prove it. And when he didn't strike me down, I went, I knew it. You're fake. And I can just almost just hear the eternal one. Oh, I'm going to kill you. All right. I'm going to kill you. I am so unintimidated by you, little boy. I'm going to slay all of your flesh. You hate me. I love you. You don't want me. I want you. And my want of you is greater than your hatred of me. I will kill everything that you're doing right now. I will kill you in your flesh and I will have you. I'm a 15 year old hating God. Prove it to me. He goes, oh, I'll prove it. I never, I'll never forget the day I heard an audible voice from heaven. And I'm telling you, it's like everything that I was sure of, everything that I was certain of, it just exploded. And he says two words to me audibly. Now, he did it in front of a crowd of people, which was shocking because I was holding a mic at the time. And that's just freaky to have to deal with an audible voice while you've got, you know, a couple hundred people staring at you. I put the mic down, walked away, and started crying. I was like, dear God, my whole world has shifted. But we don't even have a clue how great he is. And we're bored. We're bored. Let's be honest. We're bored with him. And the reason why we're bored with him is because we don't see him. Because we lack a spirit of revelation on our lives. Because we have no understanding of who he really is. And we're running around in so many trivial matters. And we don't know God. Man, I want to encourage you to read this on your own. Job 36, 37, 38, 39, 40 to 42. Read it, Job 36 to 42. This young guy, Elihu, he's there and he's listened to Job's three friends curse God and curse Job. He's listened to him for 31 chapters, 30 chapters. And then Elihu begins to declare the knowledge of God rightly. And Elihu says this, he goes, a voice speaks and the God of glory thunders. And after Elihu is done speaking, God shows up and thunders. And that's what happens when you have a messenger who actually knows God, even a little bit. Speaks a little, maybe even whispers the word and God thunders behind it. And I'm telling you, that's what we have to have right now. We have to have messengers who are speaking words that cause thunder to be, to be released so that the hearts of these, this generation that is so dull, so given to so many other things, so overrun with every kind of lust that when the thunder of heaven hits them, they are in shock because the messenger has been shocked. Am I making any sense? We have to have wonder, guys. Awe. Let all the world tremble. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Psalm 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe. Stand in awe. I just, I want to ask you, when's the last time you just sat there, just stood there, just like, who are you? What does it mean that you're a consuming fire? What does it mean? And you love me. What does it even mean? Psalm 96, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him. What happens when you come before the perfect one? What happens? 
Are we so dull that we're just bored with his presence? We're bored with seeking him? Have we been so stuck beside, behind fleshly veils that though he's torn the veil, we've put 10 more in place? Oh, one voice. I'm telling you, God wants you to live transcendently. He wants you to live from another age, from another place. He wants you to live from heaven into earth. I just want you to think about this. What happens when you're before him who's perfect? He invites you to come. You're welcomed in by the blood of Jesus. And there you are, just you and him. Eyes of fire, you and him. You're laid bare. Nothing to hide. No excuses. No cell phone. No to-do list. You and God. He's perfect. He's perfect. He's fire. He's beauty. And he is fearsome. And you feel so drawn in and you're trembling so hard because you know that one that you came from, he is the first and the last. I think about Moses, show me your glory. Moses goes, I want all of it. He goes, it will kill you, son. But there's something in the human heart that says, I don't care. I want all in, give me everything. I want you to tap into that. Tap into that place of wonder. What would matter to you in that moment, staring into him like that? Can we just wait one minute? I just, I'm just not quite there. Just give me one second. Just, just slightly, bring it on down, perfect. God's offering you interface. He's offering you encounter. He's offering you engagement. Where's my sand? One more prophetic story. So my friend, Terry Bennett, in just a minute, by the time I hold the one grain of sand up, we just have to do this live because we didn't talk before. Just, you know. So <laughs> my friend, Terry Bennett, God takes him somewhere in the spirit and he's showing him all these things and they land together on this beach, this wide, wide open beach and it, can, it goes in both directions as far as the eye can see. It's a place of glory and shock and beauty and the sand on the beach, it's like, it's like blue crystally sand and it, it's just, it's just glorious and the Lord says to Terry, he picks up a handful like this. He says, son, this is, he says, this whole beach, all this blue expanse, this, this represents the knowledge of me. He says, son, this is all that I've offered to the sons of men in this age. And then he says, one grain. 
If we did it again, we'd get it perfect. I know, I know we would. Perfect, perfect. This is what I've offered to the sons of men in this age. He goes, this is all the sons of men have been staring at for the last 2,000 years. One grain. I want to get wildly lost in what's available unto the day that I get to get lost in him forever. You know what I'm saying is real. You know what I'm talking about is true. Your heart is telling you, this is what I'm made for. Well, how do I know? Because eternity is written in there. And I'm telling you, beloved, this whole idea that you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good, it's a, it's a falsehood and a lie. Colossians 3 is clear. Set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, you'll be revealed also with him in glory. This is our portion, guys. This is our portion to live completely mind-blown and starstruck. Let's just pray. Please come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. You have the invitation. You have the blood of Jesus. You have the open door. I believe the Lord even wants to grant, come up here. Heavenly encounter. But as long as we are completely fascinated and fixated on the finite. We'll live ruined for the transcendent. Oh! God, I'm asking. God, I'm asking. Would you grant access to this whole ministry to every person to step into the wonder of who you are. To step into the beauty of who you are. To be shocked, overrun with the glory of God. So fascinated with God. I want to live distracted by you. I'm asking Abba right now, break us free from self-imposed veils. Break, break us free from unbelief. Break us free from cynicism. Break us free from believing that we've attained all that there is when we've only ever even stared at one grain of sand. I want to stand in awe of your beauty. I want to tremble before you, holy God. Consuming fire, transcendent God, holy, holy, holy.
Come Holy Spirit right now. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Grant us the escort. Grant us the escort. The open door into wonder. The open door into glory. Hey, if your heart's grown cold, if you've grown dull, ask the Lord. Ask him. Remove the veils from my own heart. I want to see you rightly. Ask him. Release the spirit of revelation on my soul. I want to live in shock. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, bring us to a place of wonder and beauty, glory. Let us live with hearts that are trembling, with a low view of ourselves and a high view of God. And God, where we've become too great in our own eyes, bring us down. Let us see you rightly. One glimpse of the infinite, and I'll tell you, you will get low. Let us glory in the he must increase. I must decrease. Could it be the reason why we don't see city transformation authority flowing through the church is because the church is too big in our own eyes? We've made you too small. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Restore the wonder. Restore the wonder.